1: Not coming to you with the with the greatest of news tonight, folks. Uh, this is Matt Minick uh, here with Michael Rogner on the Tomahawk Nation Hoops Dedicated Podcast. Uh, after the after Florida State had a tough loss against Duke, seventy to sixty-five, up on Big Monday in Cameron Indoor. Uh, here we are, February tenth. Uh, so Florida State falls to twenty and four on the season and ten and three in ACC play. Uh, It was, it was a, it was a hard fought game. Uh, Neither team really Duke had that, uh, had a 10 point lead maybe early in the first half, but, but really for most of the second half, it was nip and tuck the entire way. And, and ultimately uh, Duke found a way to, to make play enough plays to win the game. Uh, Why don't we, why don't we jump, jump ahead. And let me say this uh, folks, if, if you are not, a fan of talking about the referees, you should probably skip ahead five to eight minutes of this podcast. Um, I don't see how it's possible to talk about this game without talking about the refs at the end. But if that is something that is bugging you, then just go ahead and, and skip ahead to when we're talking about Trent and Vernon Carey and some others. But, but Michael, what, walk us through the end there that, that uh, the last, you know, 20 seconds of the game there, what happened?
0: Yeah I, I appreciate you jumping right to the the elephant in the room which is you know obviously the 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 refs there's they were they really made them their presence known in this game that you know that last play where where uh hurt matthew hurt first he fouls um well, he Patrick threw, Williams it was really rebound. a wrestling move <laughs> yeah and then, and then he gets the rebound then he elbows trent right in the face and and of course the refs completely bail uh, the 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 fouling team out by calling the the in the cylinder i mean you can you can call a lot of things in that situation but don't just make up one that is Can, just can you the explain what the like in i
1: i had actually some texts from several uh several friends right after the game who who didn't quite follow that rule do you have Yeah an so in the in the
0: cylinder just means that the offensive player is um, entitled to a certain amount of space. It's not a lot of space. So when you're guarding him, you can't just get up chest to chest and chin to chin. You've got to give him um, the, the room to be to, to the cylinder, they call it, you know, so that so he can actually make a basketball move. This is not the right, cylinder exactly. of the basket, like offensive goaltending. Right. It's the cylinder of of, of the player. Um, yeah. So, so it's calls like that, you know, that kind of, that consistently happen in Duke games for whatever reason that give uh people maybe that aren't just ACC fans but are just basketball fans tuned into the game you know it's calls like that that kind of give the impression that Duke gets all the calls um I you know I, I'm not one of these people who think that they do they get a lot of calls obviously because you know it's it's refs are are terrible and they want and they you know they want to hear the home crowd cheer um but you know, in this case, is you know, is this came like thirty seconds after just a totally egregious review um, when Duke, Duke, when they went to to review to see who the ball was out on and and Anthony played clearly had two feet out of bounds when, when he t- when he touches the ball and they still awarded the ball to uh, Florida State and that's after like a two minute review. It's this completely unnecessary review and they still get the call wrong. Like that's how bad these refs are and you know at at this point in the game uh, at this point in in just in in college basketball this is I've come to expect this and it's super frustrating and I'm tired of talking about it and I and I know that the problem is that I know that the NCAA is going to do nothing to address the problem um so you know I, I just don't really have that much to add um, you know, I don't think that Florida State got screwed. Florida State got screwed on that one play for sure. Um, but I think for the game, I don't, I don't think that Florida State got screwed. So, Matt, I don't know if, if maybe you have a, a more level-headed um, thoughts or unlevel-headed thoughts on on, on on how the rest of the game went. Uh, yeah. But I think I'll leave, just leave my comments there.
1: I, I think it's very frustrating to watch so first of all the particular call that we're talking about in the cylinder it's very frustrating to watch guys like Fiondu Cabangeli and and Chris Kumaji get called for multiple flagrant fouls in the last couple of years on plays in which they've grabbed a rebound and tried to, to exert their space and because they're big their elbow hits somebody and those get called flagrant and then Honestly, I think what is most troubling to me about this particular one at the end of the game is that not only was there a a call, but there wasn't a review. I, I think it's very frustrating to not even you know you have a you have a coach who is top five all time in ACC wins, and and frankly, it's more than the three fifty four that's shown there because of that bullshit about you know I think Ryan Reed attended a couple classes of one of the of one of those music history classes that that ended up getting Bobby a lot of wins taken away and Hamilton had 22 wins taken away for for a guy that wasn't I'm not even sure Ryan Reed did anything wrong um but it's frustrating that you have a coach asking for a review and is not the referees don't spend the time to go over and say you know what a guy lost his contact we should see if he got hit in the face um so that is that fucking sucks but uh i i i thought the whole, overall the game i thought was ref pretty I, w- I was actually sitting with a guy i was at island wing with quite a few folks and and one of them actually is is a referee and for the most part, we were talking about how it was ref fairly – I don't want to say well, but fairly evenly um, for most of the game until – until so Duke picks up a foul with 10-31 to go in the second half. It's their eighth foul. Um, and, and at this point in time, Florida State was clearly the more aggressive team. And they were the more aggressive team because they simply couldn't shoot. Uh, they, they, one of their worst shooting performances of the year – I, you know, two Mondays in a row, by the way, where they've shot really poorly coming off a Saturday game. So, so something seems to be going on there. Uh, and so Duke, Duke has a foul at 1031 mark. Duke picks up one foul the rest of the game, and it's with a minute 56 to go. So they, they had one foul in the final 1031, and that one foul came nine minutes after the previous one. I think what is – what is most concerning is that the ref I was sitting with said, you know, and, and actually Aria, uh, he said it to Aria Masood. said, you know, I, I have a bad feeling that they're going to start to even out these calls because refs go to the, to the monitor during timeouts and ask the stat people, Hey, what are the foul calls? What are the foul calls? And so when it was eight, three, on foul calls, they, they, multiple people, I'm concerned that they're going to try to even this out. And that is not how college basketball, that's not how a sport should be repped. The goal should not be to have even foul calls, which in the second half, they actually did end up even foul calls. Um, The the goal of the sport should be to call the calls as the rule. And and if, if one team is being more aggressive and getting hacked at the rim, then that is what their reward is. Uh, So I, I just, I'm with you. It's, it's tough. It's tough to see people bad at their jobs, not really be held accountable. It's tough to see the NCAA not do anything about it. Uh, And it's tough that you can be sitting next to people who predict something's going to happen like that. And it happens. Uh, Now I don't think that's why Florida state lost. And, and maybe we should just end the conversation there and move on to why they lost. Um, But you know, it, nonetheless, I, I think that if you're Trent Forrest and you just had your contact knocked out, you'd like to, you'd like to think that there could be a review at least to see if there was an elbow to your face. Um, and, and I'm not even sure that Matthew Hurt was fouled. Honestly, I, I don't know that he got touched, other than his elbow being touched by Trent Forrest's face. Um, but you know, Florida State did a lot of other things poorly. So why don't we move on and start there? What what uh stood out to you as as kind of like man they they missed their chances because i i feel like the transition game is is one that jumps out to me
0: yeah there were there were a couple things first the the way the team came out, you know, was was uh, not impressive. It was a they were clearly overamped, you know, to be in the big environment to be playing on, you know, the 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 Blue Devils on ESPN. We had that initial shot where Malik Osborne, you know, opens the game with a three that goes in and out. Yeah, and then after like that, if that falls,
1: we, the whole game might change. I know it's weird yep. to say that, but I feel like the entire game might change if that shot falls.
0: Yep. Exactly. And then the the very next possession, Trent takes it right into Carry's chest, draws a foul, makes a couple of free throws. And I was thinking, hey, all right, we're, we're we're rolling. And then there were like eight or nine, maybe even more, uh, you know, really bad offensive possessions after that where we were taking contested shots or just, you know, silly turnovers. It was it was a rough, a rough go. But, you know, the team eventually did Kind of get their get their feet under them, and and you know that's kind of typical or not typical, but but it happens a lot in big games. You know, especially on the road, you just you come out and you've been thinking about this thing for forty eight hours, and you're just ready to roll. And and uh, you know you get a little over overamped. We had talked in the previous pod about if we want to get away with the win, we're going to need our big three to have a have a big game, and then have one of you know, most likely Raekwon Gray or Patrick Williams step up. And, and you know, that would kind of be the, the formula for success. Mm-hmm. Forrest, you know, played probably his best game, um, if not of his career, but certainly the best game since Gonzaga last year. I was going to
1: say maybe uh, since Gonzaga last year.
0: Yeah. And uh, Devin Vassell did not have a very good game. MJ Walker had a, had a really bad game. Um, Raekwon Gray, ha- I thought, had a pretty good game. And Patrick Williams had – potential for a good game and just wasn't able to capitalize you know so I was a little disappointed with the the big 3 there outside of forest um, and then <laughs> and then obviously you know just all the missed shots it's 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 34 teams 3 yeah, you know, and a lot of them were really good looks. You know, we finished the game by missing those two wide open corner jumpers for mm-hmm. you know, uh, PW airballs one and then Gray misses one. They're both wide open from the corner, the easiest shot in basketball. You know, n- neither of them were, were even close. Um, you know, and then the free throws are kind of the same story. It's like we missed eight. I I know that you can't expect to make them all, but man, No, but you
1: when, but you- I'd say that mis- making three or four more is is a reasonable expectation for this team. I mean, Devin Vassell was over two in his one. Trip right, in especially
0: election. right after Duke went, beats North Carolina because North Carolina can't make the free throws, and yeah. then Florida State comes into town. Um, we can talk about this one more when we're talking about what went well. But you know, I thought that Florida State pretty clearly outplayed Duke. Um, Duke just happened to make shots, and Florida State missed and you know that that's what happens sometimes you just got to tip your cap they went seven to 17 Jordan Goldwater we j- yeah. you know we joked about this on the pod like you know who could, we were trying to pick, pick the most unlikely person to go nuts from three yeah. and of course it's the guy that we were joking about who's right. who coming into tonight had had made more than one three in a game uh, three times in his career and he's a junior so so shout out to Jordan Goldwire for for having your game for getting yours on in, in a big game. Um, yeah, Jor-
1: so. Jordan Goldwire had only made a three. This is like you say he's a junior this season. He'd only made a three seven other games coming into this game. Like forget making multiple threes, he hadn't even made a three in two thirds of the game they've played.
0: He went three for three. Yeah. So. If, my my other favorite stat from from the game, which actually has no bearing on this conversation or the game, so forgive me. Um, but Jordan Goldwire is a junior. Cassius Stanley is a freshman. They are the exact same age. Yeah. Again, I don't I, I don't know how this stuff works, but yeah, that's like you said,
1: no bearing. But needless to say, Cassius Stanley is probably gone after this year because if he stays another year, he'll already be old by NBA standards. Um, I I was disappointed in. I was disappointed in Devin, and, and i tell you what, i it's not that I – look, sometimes you're not on, right? Devin went four for 12. Uh, he missed some looks that he normally makes. But, you know, he still he still grabbed, you know, six rebounds and, and actually played pretty good defense. He had several uh, weak side blocks that were impressive. Um, you know what, though? He didn't – you talk about those eight or ten possessions early in the game. None of those possessions came with Devin Vassell touching the basketball. I, I think it was – six or seven minutes in before even to a shot. And, and when you're the guy coming in that is being talked about as, as kind of the, you know, the best player that no one's talking about and, you know, first round draft pick and stuff, you, you got to get a shot up in the first five or six minutes of the game. And, and it doesn't matter if it goes in. You have to let the other team know that you are confident and ready to play the game. Uh, so that that was frustrating to me, and then Patrick Williams, look, the kid played aggressive, and and he did have three steals. So you know his defensive presence was felt, but it just looked to me like he was not ready for the stage. And and you know what? That's why you play these games. That's why you know it's fortunate to be able to play Duke in a situation where Florida State doesn't need to win just to make the tournament. I mean everything's locked up already, um, but. I hope Patrick uses this as a learning experience because he he was not he was not his best self tonight. And and as you said, when you know when MJ was MJ was just awful and Devin was maybe average, maybe, and he and really needed someone like Patrick who honestly it didn't seem like they had anyone to be able to guard P dub and, and he just
0: wasn't able to take advantage yep. of him. Oops. Yeah, he's that that was the disappointing part is that you know you, you see somebody like Anthony Polite, you know, he'll drive into the paint and then he gets in there and he just kinda has nothing to do. Right. Um and and, and it's just because he's not you know, he's not six eight and explosive like Patrick Williams. And Patrick Williams, there's nobody on, on Duke who could guard him. He there he was had no his, one. Yep, and he just and did nothing with it. And, he was and, two and for that's eight. part of Yeah, that's part of the learning curve is recognizing um, you know, when You've got the adva- the matchup advantage, and and just how to how to how to deal with it. And you know, he's a freshman; he did not deal with it well. It, it maybe games like this. that's probably more likely that he'll be around for his sophomore season. Who knows? It's way too early to speculate about something like that. Um, but yeah, clearly, big stage, just not not there.
1: And and I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like th- this was a team loss. I just want to put that out there that when the team goes three for 18 from three and when the team goes 12 for 20 from the free throw line, that's with Raquan Evans missing two in a row, Devin Vassell missing two in a row, Patrick Williams missing a couple of, uh, you know, ones that at the, at the moment in the game were big, MJ Walker missing one. So it was a team loss, but you're right in that the two guys who really, Everyone's talking about, are, are they going to leave for the NBA? And they probably still could both leave for the NBA. I mean, I don't even know that this, you know, in the grand scheme of things makes that difference. But you would hope that one of Devin or Patrick would be able to take advantage of, of some of the opportunities they had. And, and combined, they went six for 20 from the floor. Uh, so that is not good. Let's talk a little bit about um, what – florida state was able to do i let's talk about that stretch when so fsu is down 10 i think it was 21 to 11 and i feel like trent forrest went basically gonzaga from last year at that point and 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 florida state brings it to where it's frankly when it they were down one and a half time and i was honestly feeling pretty good i'm thinking wow you know you shoot like that and you're only down one and a half this seems like game florida state's ready to win what, what was Florida State doing right in that stretch of basketball?
0: Um, Besides making see. shots. <laughs> yeah, all right. So this this is the, the 21-11? Is that what, is that what you – not the 11 Uh
1: Yeah. About?
0: Yeah, it was yeah, 21-11. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: and they essentially end the half on like a 22-12 to run or something like that.
0: Yeah, and it was, it was actually from a defensive standpoint, it, was, it should have been better than that because I think Florida State started that – you know, quote unquote, run by missing you know five or six straight possessions, and it wasn't until uh, the forest, <laughs> forest steel, um, on uh, from Goldwire that he was able to go down and make that little runner. Yeah, you know, and that and that kind of that kind of got everything started, and and then Malik hits the three. Um, we get we get we get more stops, and I th- and I think what we were seeing in um, in that run, and as well as the the earlier smaller run is that you know Florida State was making it really difficult for Vernon Carey. it was we had talked about this in the last pod is it is FSU going to try to shut down Carey, or are they going to focus on everybody else and and they they did shut down Kerry and so the, the way that they were able to do that you know they're obviously fronting the post because we always do and then the uh the help side defense, the double team was getting there while the pass was still in the air. Yeah, like that that wh- time
1: Devin Vassell knocked like I think they did a lob into carry and Vassell came backside and knocked it out to to Trent like before the yep. pass even got to Vernon.
0: Yeah, and and the key to that is, you know, not only good communication, you gotta know who's doubling, you gotta you gotta you gotta hustle when it's when it's time. But whoever's guarding the ball, it's absolutely critical that they don't allow them to make a straight line entry pass into the post. It's either got to be a bounce pass or it's got to be a lob over the top. It's got to be something that's slow enough that the the player who's double teaming can get there mm-hmm. uh, you know what while the ball is still traveling and, and Florida State just did a masterful job of that sort of freeing up some of Duke's shooters and forcing Kerry to to make the play to, to beat them you know they weren't going to let him catch and have any kind of room um to 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 maneuver down low and I think he only took five shots for the game which is his low of the year um he weirdly played like Less than twenty minutes yeah, right he played 20 19 minutes, or minutes. Yeah. yeah he
1: played 19 minutes and you're right he was three of five
0: yeah so he was, he was pretty much a non factor and and uh, you know <laughs> he obviously got a lot of rebounds. he does that, uh, but the game plan that Florida State you know went went into Duke with they executed really well um, you know and specifically from a defensive standpoint, you know we, we held Duke below point possession we shut down their best player. It was just they hit threes and, and Florida State didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I hate to. Sometimes basketball really is that simple, especially if you watch the NBA, where everybody's great, right? You think you think about like we're talking about guys like Vassell or Vernon Carey and and Patrick Williams. Like, are they going to leave and, and go pro? And I'll tell you what, Vernon Carey is definitely leaving. It's definitely a lottery pick. Um, th- these guys are, you know here's the thing about NBA players is that everyone on an NBA team is an NBA player and, and they were all really damn good. Um, and so a lot of times it does just come down to shots who, who can make shots. And and tonight felt, you know, it kind of had that elite eight feel like it, it I don't know that Duke's going to be a one seed and, and I don't know that Florida state's going to be a two seed, but it felt like one of those games that was an elite eight game between a one and a two seed or maybe a two and a three seed. Um, and and two, two talented teams that, quite frankly, like you said, Florida State probably outplayed Duke, um, but Duke just made shots. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. deal.
1: Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Let me ask you a couple of hypothetical questions here. I don't. It's not like a buy and sell per se, but along those lines, just you know, gut reaction, quick, quick, uh, quick response. If I told you that. Florida State had 16 steals not not generated 16 turnovers 16 live ball steals how how many points would
0: you have expected off those steals oh probably 20 22 somewhere in there up yeah. up to 25 maybe
1: yeah and and I think I, I want to say Florida State ended the game with uh you know these instant podcasts are always tricky cuz not everything's updated but um, into the game, I think, with 15 points off turnovers in yeah. general. Not not just steals, just 15 points off turnovers.
0: Um, I- yeah, and that, that, that kind of goes back to to what I was saying about Florida State outplayed them. You know, Florida State, if they just shoot average from three, if they shoot average from the, from the free throw line, if they just have an average game in, in live ball turnovers, you know, that, Florida State's up 12 with like three minutes to go. Right, you know, that it was just it was just one of those games where you can you can scheme all you want as a head coach, but the if the players are the ones who have to knock down the shots and you can't coach them through it, they just got to do it. And then Florida State was not able to listen. To I thought do the that. scheme,
1: the scheme and Trent Forrest were both brilliant. You know, Trent was the Ken Palm MVP, which which happens. In law, for the losing team, not not often. I think this is the second time this year I've seen the losing team uh, have the MVP. I mean, Florida State created a steal on 22 percent of the possessions. Michael, they blocked 20 percent of Duke's twos. Th- those are absurd numbers. Um, and and they shot 60 percent from the free throw line, 16 percent from three, and 45 percent from the field. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the last time Duke turned the ball over at that rate, it was two thousand seven. Um, yes. so uh, Brian Zubeck twenty nine point six percent
1: rate <laughs> that they turned it over.
0: Yeah, yeah, the yeah. the famous Brian Zubek team. Yeah, uh, Greg Paulus, oh, you know, Josh McRoberts, all those fun guys. Yeah, that was the last time. So, so it's been thirteen years since Duke turned the ball over the way that they did against Florida. You know, Florida State just had them rattled. Trey Jones had five turnovers. Uh, they had they had an impossible time getting just anything going. They couldn't There's, get into their offense. Off. Yeah, they couldn't. It was basically they were scramble shots and Step uh, back you kicking. Yep, and then if if we would not have fallen for every Matthew Hurt pump fake, it probably the game might have you know gone a little more well in our favor. But yeah, tip of the cap shot. to Hurt. He
1: uh, he made two for three from from deep and six for six from the free throw line, and and those were all. All pretty big. So here's another hypothetical. Then, if and I know what I know what the Ken Palm said coming into this game, and I understand what the Vegas line said coming into this game. But looking at the way our athletes match up with their athletes, and and I will say, despite MJ Walker being a total no show, um, this was the first game in a while that we've had everybody healthy and able to play our lineup. If if Florida State and Duke were playing, you know, next week on four three days rest and and a, and a neutral court and I don't mean Greensboro I mean a neutral court who who do you put your money on
0: yeah you asked me this a week ago and it's pretty clear that's Duke you know there there are no moral wins in college basketball we needed to be Duke weren't able to do that but uh coming off the sort of second half dismantling of Miami and then a really good uh Uh, effort against Duke just didn't make the shots you know that's three halves of basketball where our team was in really good position to to outscore the other team they just they outplayed Duke they outplayed my just crushed Miami in the second half and so I'm I'm way more bullish on this team right now than I was a week or two ago and you can see that it's the middle of February now you know maybe maybe the team is starting to make that turn especially if they're healthy that they can play with anybody you know and and I despite our lofty ranking of being when we were fifth in the country you know I never had that feeling that we could play with with anybody I mean obviously we we can you know on a given night you know we we sure anybody can shoot 13 to 26 from three and you can play with yeah but but I, I I would not have thought we could play Duke ten times on a neutral court and beat them five times, and I definitely you know feel that way now that that if we were to play Duke again in a in a week, then I certainly like our chances to beat them.
1: Yeah, I th- I think it's uh, I think it's interesting what a what a week of I, I w- you know so this team looked healthy to me tonight. There was nobody that you know felt like they were being had a lingering issue despite playing on Saturday. We've got you know, five days off now before playing Syracuse uh, this coming Saturday. And, and, you know, Syracuse always has that pesky 2-3 zone, although Ham and Stan Jones have played it since their Big East days and they have perfected the scheme to how to shred it. Um, but I, I, do th- I am with you that this is the best three consecutive halves of basketball in terms of executing the game plan that I've seen Florida State play this year. They they went into halftime at Miami up 3, made some adjustments, tinkered, and came out and blew them out of the building in the second half. And then came into Duke and shot extremely poorly while Duke shot really well, right? Duke it, it wasn't just that Florida State shot poorly. Duke was above average from three, way above average from their free, from the free throws, and and really we were a were a missed flagrant call at the end away from overtime. Uh, so I I this was a this overall this was a, an encouraging three halves of basketball. I thought Trent Forrest was magnificent. I just I just want to read his stat line just to be able so that if you know whoever is listening maybe they weren't able to catch the game. Uh, he played 32 minutes. He he only fouled once in that 32 minutes, despite racking up eight steals. That's that's a career high for him. And also, if if you caught the uh, game on ESPN, the most ever by an opponent in Cameron Indoor Stadium ever, as in the history of Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, so he he 18 points, nine rebounds, four assists, eight steals, a block, and only two turnovers. Uh, he was six of six from the free throw line when the rest of the team was terrible. I mean, the rest of the team shot six of 14. Uh, Trent was six of six and, and really he just did whatever he wanted to do to Trey Jones. And, and I'm not sure that all that Trey Jones has, has experienced that kind of uh, onslaught and, and, and pressure in his career. Um, so if Trent Forrest is playing like that, what is the ceiling? And, and if you just give average shooting, what what is the ceiling for Florida State in March?
0: Yeah, that was an amazing game by Trent. We I appreciate you jumping to that because there's 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 no way that we could talk about it enough about just how good he was. Um, also, keep in mind that a lot of the ACC media, this is probably the one the one game, maybe one of two games that they're actually going to watch Florida State play. And so Trent has eight steals. So you can you can think that his chances of making the ACC all defensive team this year are pretty good. Uh, you know, having a good game and when they're actually watching. Um, and he also passed uh, Bob Surah, we should note for third all time at Florida state and steals. That's, that's pretty strong. Uh, only Charlie and, and Delvon Ar- Arrington are, are ahead of him now. Um, but if, if we get, you know, some version of Trent like that, it's, you know, I I, I think back to that, uh, you know, the game last year where, uh, you know, against against Gonzaga where we had just nothing. There's no, there half nobody the team was hurt, me. right? Yeah, half the team was hurt. Cofor was out. He'd just gone through that whole, you know, the just lots of bad things were happening. Um, and Trent Forrest was just, was just crazy good you know well, Trent in, in saw that the season was
1: ending right like this was yep. the last game of the season
0: yeah and and so you know it, it, it's clear that he that he has <laughs> he has another gear I'm not sure you know how often he can turn it on or, or how, how easy that is but if Florida's if Florida State is going to make make a run in March whether that be the ACC tournament or the NCAA tournament you know I And Trent is playing like that, then I think that we have pretty good chance of, of you know, an, a return to Sweet 16 Elite Eight type team. Um, and, you know, if he's getting some help around him from some of those guys who are leaving for the NBA, then, you know, who knows? This is a crazy year in basketball. So there's not a, there's not a lot of teams um, that can just automatically chalk up a win against a team like Florida State so you know I, I like our chances in the postseason if if Trent is you know locked in and, and you know playing like he was tonight
1: yeah no I, I look I don't I don't think that Devin vassell is gonna play that poorly in most games. I, I think that if, if you told – and when I say play this well, Trent Forrest is not going to have eight steals in every game because that's – I mean, that's just absurd. Um, but if, if Trent Forrest is able to impose his will on the, on the other team like he did against Gonzaga, when, when that – I mean, they could – it didn't matter what the hell they tried. He was getting to the rim and scoring. Uh, particularly in that second half. And that was on a, a, a toe that needed to be surgically repaired in the off season. Uh, so if, if, if he is able to impose his will, like he did tonight. And I I am f- pretty confident that. First of all, we're not playing Duke most games, like even in the NCAA tournament, you know, your second round game is not going to be an opponent against, against Duke level uh, competition, right? Like we're going to be a three seed, a four seed. Um, so, I would I would be willing to put a decent amount of money right down right right now on that we would be a Sweet Sixteen team with that Trent Forrest and, and I would even say you know the odds in our favor of being an Elite Eight team and once you get to the Elite Eight uh, you know the, at that point it's just hey it's a one game one game season to get to the Final Four. Here is my one concern and so maybe maybe the conversation is about Raekwon Evans who looked okay, but a little bit out of his element. I- I'm glad he got this experience. He-, he was okay. But in conference play this year, Trent Forrest is playing 82% of the minutes in conference only play. Uh, now he is number one in steel rate, throw that out there at almost 5%. Uh, crazy high. He he is now starting to draw some of the foul, you know, we've talked about for some reason, like he's not getting the free throw line as much, but he, at least after the last couple of games, he's got that up over 30, his free throw rate. And he's shooting 88% from the free throw line. Uh, He hasn't done as well uh, from three in conference play as he did a little bit earlier in the season, but uh, is, is he playing too many minutes? Hamilton talked about against Miami. He, he intentionally, only gave him 20, 25 minutes because he's been playing him too much. He needs others to step up. Are you concerned about the minutes for Trent Forrest moving forward?
0: Yeah, he's absolutely playing too much. But at this point, it, you know, it, that's what it He's is. He's, he's got um, seven games left in, in the, you know, the regular season of his college career. And I know that you can't just will you can't just will it to go out and play 40 minutes a night, especially, you know, at the, the defense that – Yeah, unless you need you know, to the, 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 Tony Douglas, right? <laughs> right the, the effort that Florida State has put forward on defense, you know, it's just impossible to play that much. But, you know, Florida State does not have another option. So the way that you steal minutes, you know, in these final seven games and then whatever we play in the ACC tournament is by blowing out the opponent so that you don't have – so he doesn't have to be on the court uh, there's just, there's just really not any other option. It's not, it's not ideal. You know, it's, it's not, you don't, you don't want them tired at the end of the games. You don't want them risking injury. You don't want any of those, of those things, but that's where this team is, you know, right now with, with a couple months left in the season. So I just don't see any way around it. He's going to continue to play over 30 minutes in every game that, that really matters.
1: So where can we, so we've got, uh, Syracuse on Saturday, and then it, and then after that, it's Pitt, NC State, Louisville. By the way, the NC State Louisville game is a third Saturday Monday uh, turnaround. Um, Clemson, Notre Dame, Boston College. Where, where are you trying to steal some Trent Forrest minutes? There, I mean, do you think you think Syracuse on Saturday can 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 you get them under under thirty?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think Syracuse is a good game just because it's it's such a awkward um uh style you know we, we don't we don't face that zone hardly ever mm-hmm. and i don't know that you know, he's the best player for it anyways to be honest but yeah you're not driving into the zone i mean that, that's not yep. how you beat them um and it's you know it's a lot of crisp ball movement having guys in the right position so that's probably a game where we can steal some minutes and then pit. let's you know uh, it's a if if we're gonna have a double digit lead for all of the second half of any ACC games left, it's gonna be Pitt or Boston College. both you know? so, at home. Yeah. yeah. So we we get we have to just get out to a big lead in those games and let Raquan Evans kind of do do his thing. Um, I don't I don't see that happening against you know on the road against NC State or Louisville. Maybe against Clemson. You know, kind of don't see it against Notre Dame. So and you know, Notre not that playing, many. won four straight. They're playing better. Yeah, and Clemson, you know, is Clemson, and they always muck uh, it up, right? Muck up the game, not
1: Trent Forrest, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd like to see. I'd like to see, honestly, Trent under 30 minutes in both Syracuse and Pitt. I think you've got you've got a Saturday Tuesday coming up. Uh, both games, you should be favored by at least seven or eight points and and I think that if it, you know Florida State shoots well at home we've talked about that before uh they're not going to go three for 17 you know two three games in a row I'd, I'd like to see uh I'd like to see Florida State come out you know get a lead at halftime and enable Trent to sit on the bench and and give him some rest coming up into what what you accurately say you know I don't think that at NC State is ever going to be going on the road in Tobacco Road is never going to be uh, easy, and then of course you come home for for the game against Louisville, uh, which is which is going to be just a you know a championship fight. Uh, so I I do think that we need to find a way to get him some minutes against Syracuse and, and Pittsburgh. Do do you if you're Hamilton, are you okay with a loss? Let's say at Notre Dame if it means that you didn't kill your guys, uh, you know, cause, cause, cause let's be, let's look at like, let's kind of zoom out here, right? Like this loss to Duke, I, in my mind means two things. Tell me if I'm wrong. Any hope that anyone had for winning the ACC regular season is out. Florida state is 10 and three. Now they are a couple games behind Louisville. Louisville has a pretty easy schedule. They're a couple, they're a game behind Duke plus the, tiebreaker behind Duke and Duke has a pathetically easy schedule left so is is that right like there there is not a chance and there is a chance but it is unrealistic that Florida State wins the ACC regular season is that right yeah that's that's pretty much out the window okay so number two any chance that anybody out there was thinking about being a one seed in the NCAA tournament that is gone
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that we could win out, and and I doubt we'd have the one seed. There's just not enough quality victories left. I mean, I, I don't even know that there's
1: more than one quad one win left on our schedule. May, you know what? At Notre Dame is probably quad one.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, that's it. And and, Luke, and then we'd have to, we'd
0: have to go through Duke and Louisville in the ACC tournament to yeah. pick up big wins. Yeah. So,
1: so I, I do think that a two seed. I think that, you know, you beat Louisville, basically you went out and, you know, make the championship game or something in like the AC tournament. I do think a two seed, uh, is on the table that would put you at, uh, let's see, uh, I'd put you at 30 wins. So I, I think a two seeds, still on the table. Are you okay with a loss at Notre Dame or a loss at NC State? It, we're not going to fall out of the top four seeds in the ACC if it means that a couple guys get a little more rest?
0: Well, I, I think the way that you have to manage the season now is to make sure that you get at least a four seed in the in the NCAA tournament. You know, not not the ACC, but the NCAA. The, the math – Really goes downhill, you know. Once once you get past the four seed, mm-hmm. um, you know your chances of making the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight are not are, are not are not good. Um, so ideally, we want to be a two or three seed in the NCAA, but you ha- you have to manage to be a four. So it it, it kind of depends on on you know how these games shake out. If we take care of business against Syracuse and Pitt, you know then that would put us at twenty two
1: and four with. With uh one two three four five games left in the regular season,
0: right. So then you can probably you know drop one against NC State or Clemson or Notre Dame, and and still you know it'd be a lock for at worst a four seed in the NCAA tournament. So I think I think you just kind of kind of see how it shakes out if if Duke the Duke loss turns into two losses or three losses, you know that that's going to change the the geometry. But I I I, th- I think. You know, at this point, you just really have to be focusing on getting that top four seed in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I I think that um, the eight. You know, we I feel like we've had this this discussion on on the boards a lot. And would you rather have an ACC tournament championship or, you know, what X we you know Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight or whatever it is. Um, Banners are banners, right? Rings are rings, and, and I do think that this team is almost a lock for a top four seed in the ACC. So that means to win the tournament, uh, to win the ACC championship, they only need to win three games in three days. Um, I think that is imminently doable, as you just said earlier. I mean, we played Duke and Cameron and essentially outplayed them for forty minutes uh, and and lost the game. The is, <laughs> are you? What what is what is your thought? If I gave you ACC tournament championship, ACC championship, but a loss in the Sweet Sixteen, or let's say ACC semifinals, but a Final Four, what are you taking?
0: Not a national um, championship, just a Final Four. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'll take the Final Four just because. Uh, yeah, we, we we yeah. did a round two. Yeah. Yeah. We did a roundtable a couple years ago, and one of the questions was, Will Florida State make a Final Four in your lifetime? And right. I think I was the only one. I think I was the only one who answered no. So, um, I, my, my health is good despite my cough, knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, I, I would definitely take anything. Um, but, but an ACC turn, I would take an ACC championship over anything short of a Final Four. Over, over the Elite um, Eight. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, that, Cutting down the nets in, uh, you know, with all the ACC people in the stands and the confetti coming down. That's and this year. That's it's in Greensboro, deal. my friend. There you go. Um, that's 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 a big deal. You know, Florida State had the chance to do it last year. Mm-hmm. They they won two games in three days, and then and then did not win the championship against Duke. Um, but yeah, I, w- I, w- I would love to see um, another ACC title. You know, come Florida State's way, especially with this team that you know, everybody was just thinking it's kind of a rebuild.
1: Yeah, no, and I think I think you start to string some of those together and it legitimizes you. I mean, if, if Florida State is in the ACC title game one year, wins it the next year, and let's say next year we make the title game again or something, I mean, at, at some point you start to be a legitimate program. Um, so I, I'm with you there. Like I said, banners are banners. But, man, you know, if there's a guy that deserves the Final Four, it's it's – or two guys, Leonard Hamilton and Stan Jones, uh, and, and with basketball as crazy as it, as it is this year, and we'll start to talk about, I'm going to, you know, now that we're getting into this, you know, the middle part of February, I'll, I'll probably start asking some questions on these pods about um, March Madness and seeding more and more. But if, you know, yeah, why not? Why not FSU, right? Like, I don't, there's just not a team maybe other than Baylor that really looks like they've been able to just, You know, dismiss all comers. I know San Diego State's undefeated, but – and they are good. You know, they have some good players. But, um, yeah, why not FSU?
0: They put put up a stat there kind of at the – towards the end of the game that – uh, you know, Florida State is the third winningest program in the last four years. And, and that that stat got thrown around for years when it actually wasn't true because Virginia had passed us um, yeah. a few years ago. So yeah. Florida State was actually fourth. But Florida State is now tied with North Carolina over the past four years and wins. And that includes, you know, North Carolina's national championship team includes last year's team that went 16 and two. You know so so only Duke and Virginia have more wins, so you know legitimizing the program um you know goes goes a long way with with the, especially the people that we're recruiting the, some of the recruits that we've landed yeah know, what did Mike ACC- Bryce
1: McGowan say what did he say uh yesterday yep. why he recruited why he committed
0: he's coming here to win national championship
1: that's a c c and national titles right yep uh-huh yeah yep. so that that is the sign of a legit of of a program that has been legitimized. Uh, and you know, Hey, you know what, maybe this is a sign too, is that, uh, Florida state shot woeful and, you know, really couldn't, couldn't hit the side of the barn. Uh, there was a horseshit call at the end of, at the end of the game, notwithstanding the fact that there was another horseshit call that benefited Florida state just previously. Um, and, and you know what, despite all that, I, I left, I left feeling pretty pissed that we didn't win. Right. You go into Cameron playing a top 10 team, shoot terribly, and you feel like we should have won that game. So we had, we
0: had, we had two chances to tie it in the final two minutes.
1: Yeah. So, so so maybe that, maybe there's your sign right there that it's a legitimized program. Right. Uh, all right. Well, it is, uh, almost 11 Eastern time. I'm going to go cry into the, pillowcase uh no honestly it's a good thing we did this about an hour after because if you had caught me if you'd caught me 10 minutes after i mean i know i know we still need to mark this explicit but uh it, it might have been a, a rambling a rambling rant that bob knight would have been proud of so
0: it could have gotten rough there but but we we pulled through yeah we pulled through
1: i, ho- I hope folks were able to withstand the initial five to seven minutes of, of ref rant uh, there should. Be, hey, speaking of rants, we, we get Beheim coming in on Saturday, so I'm going to warm up my questions uh, for him. I, I still remember when he, when he asked me about uh, Atlantis, and I wasn't sure if he was talking about their fluky tournament run in the Bahamas or the <laughs> mythical city uh, spoken about by Homer. So that should be fun.
0: Yeah, Beheim always always a fan favorite. Very very friendly guy. Well, and
1: now he's got his son on the team that we can ask questions about too. So, mean, <laughs> I think he has higher expectations for him than anybody else. All right, um, we will. We're going to try to come back and do another pod on uh, later this week. Do do an actual preview of Syracuse. Uh, they they play a two three zone. They have a lot of long athletes, and Leonard Hamilton and Stan Jones can shred it by hitting the short corner. We'll see if anyone can make shots on Saturday. Uh, for for Michael, I'm I'm Matt uh, signing off.